I'll be there for you. Cassin said I had to be. Hello and welcome to the new season of the Weekly Song Podcast! Woo! Hooray! <laughs> Hello. Hello. This, this is episode 59. 59. And back after a while, uh, start of a brand new season. Yeah. Uh, I've just dropped my plectrum. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, for anyone who's new to the show, um, I'm Roger. Heathers, this is Declan Kitchener. Hello! We, we write a song uh, once a week, um, and we talk about it on this show, how they're written and that sort of thing. And you know what I realised recently, Declan, is we didn't actually do anything for the 50th episode. We did. We did put the um, a terrible bit of uh, audio at the beginning. Ah, oh, that's a celebration if I've ever heard one. What, what was I, the I audio feel, again? It was just like in the middle of the episode, just cutting out and putting it on the beginning, just like, by the way, 50 episodes, woo! Oh, yes, that's right, yeah. Which I feel is the level of celebration that we deserve for our level of professionalism, so. Yeah, I guess so. We should have, next time we should get one of those things that's like, you blow into it and it goes, and like a, a spiral of paper comes out, you know what I mean? We should just get a party popper as well, just like. Yeah, one of those... I mean, the listeners won't be able to see it, but, you know, they'll know it's there. They can hear it, though. Yeah. They can hear the paper falling to the ground in a limp and disappointing manner. I mean, we could actually send out, like, cards, because this happened when I was a kid. Like, we could send out cards with scratch and sniff, and then on particular episodes, they've got a number that says 50 or 59 or whatever it is, and then they have to scratch it, and then they get the smell at a certain point. Do you remember the Uncartoon Network when they used to do that? No, because we never had Cartoon Network. Oh, really? Yeah, we ju- we were... We were poor. We had BBC One, BBC Two, ITV One, Channel Four, and Channel Five. So you literally grew up without smell-o-vision. Yep. <laughs> what else, what else I sentence? did grow up with Thunderbirds repeats, so so that's good. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so uh, if you are new to the show, this is the kind of thing you can. This is how explain. dedicated we are to the songwriting aspect of it. We are. We we do tend to digress a little bit. Um, we haven't done this in a while. Let's let's just let's just clear the air and just say we were both a little bit rusty. It was hard to write a song in a week, I tell you. Yeah, I mean, it, once I got mine, like my starting point, it came together quite quickly. But it's getting to that starting point. Yeah. Because you sort of just, particularly when you haven't done it for a while, you just tend to fall back onto old guitar shapes, and you think, mm. well, now I've written like fifteen different songs that have this movement in. Let's get something else together. Yeah, I, I had a big case of that. But also the other thing is, like you said, it's like it's not just getting... It's like actually sitting down. It's like finding time in the week and getting the motivation to like try and maybe even fail at writing a song one day. Well, I've had it a bit uh, tougher than normal this week, a little bit. Not massively, but just like... Uh, I'm sure... Jesus, a, man with an, a man with an engine that loud is a man we should respect. No, I'm joking. Um, but... Yeah, I've mentioned before that I tend to write in my lunch breaks on the podcast um, at work, where I work. Uh, at work, where I work. <laughs> at work, where I play. <laughs> but yeah, my hours have gone up recently, so I have less free time. And then every single lunchtime, there's always been other people in the room wanting to eat their lunches without an idiot in the corner, like trying out things on a guitar. The selfish bastards. God, lunch, the lunchroom isn't for eating, it's for writing songs. Yeah, I mean, that's why it's called the lunchroom. Oh. Sorry, I'm just... My blood's boiling, see? Yes, that is quite nasty. Scratch off 59 now, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the smell of Roger's blood boiling. Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome back, baby! <laughs> it's like we've never been away. <laughs> um, um, we are two coffees in, I will say this. Yeah, I got some... Uh, 
woke up and there was no coffee, so I actually went out and I I I trapped myself. Like is this a, queen. a podcast or is this a blog? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, getting on to actually no, I want to tell this coffee story, and then I got some Machu Picchu coffee. That's my story, and uh, it has apparently has a dark chocolate overtone, but I'm not detecting it. Are you? I'm not detecting it either, although I'm very bad with um, tasting things. Most of my taste buds don't work. I'm like Lister and Red Dwarf. I've got two of them left that work. <laughs> um, so we do take it in turns on the podcast as to who plays their song each week. I thought it was going to be Declan, so I was like, I can coast through the first two-thirds of the show. However, I did some research and I found out that it's Roger's turn to go first because he forgot an episode. I also did research, but I did poor research. <laughs> That's the difference between us. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, I wrote this song in a week. And uh, I'll play it for you now. One sec. Okay, uh, so this is my song this week. It's called Love Save Me. And it goes like this. I'm looking forward to this. As she mounts another test Without him she's starting to confess I've been toying with the notion That I keep your love an ocean's length away from me In case of falling love Save me I can only go so far without you by my side Love, save me Make me in the image of the bonds I can abide As I mark another guess Without her Every night I go to bed Thoughts keep running through my head When will I see my baby love Save me Well I can only go so far without you by my side Love, make me Make me in the image of the bonds that you designed And as I try to try And go through trying times Realizing only love can save me And from time to time When I run my lines and only one can save me now Love, save me I can only go so far without you by my side Love make me Make me in the image of the bonds that you designed Woo! Thank you. Excuse the uh funny uh, vocal performance. The song's kind of all over the place pitch-wise. Well, what I was going to say was, I like how you've kind of up yourself, because the last regular song we did uh, was um, one of yours where you 
shifted the chorus so that the first time around it happened in G and then the second time around it happened in A. I like the fact that you've topped yourself this time so that it starts off being in E, then it goes down to C, and then it goes down to G at the end. <laughs> that was um, kind of like halfway through the process of, of writing the song. I was like, that's a challenge I want to try and impose on myself, to have the same chorus in different keys. Um, so I guess I'll try and cover like how I started it. So midweek, I was just trying to write, come up with something on guitar. Came up with the first bit pretty quickly, which is basically just, um, just quickly. I'm tuned down to D standard, so I'm going to talk about chords in in terms of the open chords I'm playing. So for example, E. But to anyone playing along, if people do that, it's actually D. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, so I started off playing like just kind of like an open E chord, just some notes from that, and then moving it up, and I've done this so many times just messing around on guitar. So just moving that E chord up, a, a semitone. Because I think everyone does that at some point, like the, it's sort of how you do that sort of fake um, Spanish music. Like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, that's something I used to do all the time, you know, just. Um, so, you know, that was already, that was kind of in, I already had played that a bunch, but I thought of it as so cheesy, I would never put it in a song, but I was like, I was trying to kind of like go into this, this, uh, this new season of writing with, with you, um, and try and do some stuff I don't normally do, try and break some habits, which is kind of something you and I tend to do in this, well, in this writing podcast. It is, yeah. Sorry, there's just a million birds who have just congregated outside your window, and they've all flown off again. That was pretty amazing. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, the listeners won't be able to hear that, but literally, just as Roger was talking, like, ten birds, like, came <laughs> landed on, like, a branch on a tree outside his window. Scratch card 60. And smell that. Smell of bird poo. Smell of bird poo. Um, so, yeah, I had, I had that sort of thing. And I was like, while it is a cheesy thing to put in a song, I was like, I'd like to kind of try some stuff I don't normally try. So, I came up with, like arpeggiating that so anyway I had that part can I just the... say like that uh, part particularly when you add that sort of open B and E like later all that that sounds like it could be on like Echo Silence Patience and Grace or something it is kind of like that that style I suppose isn't it like you think of it being like a let it die kind of thing where it's like it starts off really soft and then it will just halfway through the song yeah kick in big time that's the technical term for it um so i was like okay, i had that kind of thing and i was like for the verse it would be cool to go to you know the four of, of the chords so from e to a but instead of using an a major use an a major seven can i also just say sorry this is, i'm gonna <laughs> be interrupting a lot but uh like, I like the way you sort of you're using the same chord shape for A major seven and B seven. They work quite nicely going in between each other. Yeah. Like yeah. It's a really nice connection between them. It's not a technique I see done very often, like using the same shape to get like different sevenths and different uh, stuff like that in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, so yeah, I definitely had like that different style in there and I thought it would be kind of cool to go from an intro which focuses quite on these like darker sounding chords then go straight into a verse which goes to 
like a really sort of like mellow second chord of the verse, you know, A major seven, like, and it dictates where the melody goes as well because you don't, um, because it's just got a different feel entirely. So um, that's all I had for like a few days. And then I had a busy week. So like on Sunday, I finished the song. So that's all I had until Sunday. And then on Sunday, I started to um, write a little bit more. Um, I was just kind of playing around and I got kind of got the verse and then I was just messing around it. You know, kind of like when you're writing, you're just trying to like get, uh, just kind of find melodies, do, 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 do. Yeah, find cool chords and find cool patterns and everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I kind of always have my phone near me when I'm when I'm writing. And I just was like, love, save me. I can only go so far without you by my side. And I was like, reached for the phone. I was like, oh, that's that's a chorus. And I was like, it's, it's very... Um, basic you know it's a very basic chord progression and the melody isn't all that um original either but i was like it's a it's a strong chorus i was like while it is simple i like it and to complicate it a little bit more for myself i'm going to try and do it in different keys so that already meant that each chorus had to be in a different key and then the verses had to be bridges between those those modulations you know because uh, uh from what i was seeing over here it's not the same uh, verse pattern each time it does change slightly at least from what I could see yeah that's right like um, it's, it's not just like for example one six seven four five and then just in different scales it's actually different sequences of chords yeah you're right you're right definitely so like the first verse just quickly goes um as she mounts another test so E to A major seven without him so then you have the that F E which is kind of like hinted at in the in the intro. Yeah. Without him starting to confess, just B seven. And then A major seven again. She's been toying with the notion. So A major seven to E, um, and then that sort of thing going into the chorus, so that carries on. And then by the time you get to the second verse, you're in uh, G. I do love using that same B seven, A major seven shape to go down to uh D7. It yeah. kind of reminds me of... Have you ever heard the Concord song, Fuda Fafa? I know. Uh, it's basically like A major 7 and D, but in that shape, like... Fuda Fafa. Fuda Fafa Fafa. Oh, yeah, I know that one. But, like... I just love the fact you've taken it one further and you've used the shape below it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it was kind of a... I had one, like, cool moment, which is completely by accident. I can't really take credit for it, but I was going to... I was going to message you, but I thought it might give away the podcast content a little too much, because we try not to talk about the songs before the podcast. So I, I had, obviously, in the first verse, I go, As she mounts another test, E to A major 7. And then in the second verse, I knew I was in G, right? So I'm starting on G. As she mounts another test, it still goes G, A major 7. So I'm still using that same second chord, even though I'm modulated. So it creates a different melody. But I was like, oh, man, that's so cool that you can use the same second chord in a different key. In a co different context, yeah. Because it's unusual sound going between them, because it's by the sheer nature of what the major seventh note is in a you never tend to hear that next to g if that makes sense mm, yeah because uh if you don't know uh instead of like a7 where the seventh note is g major seven is g sharp mm. so you wouldn't necessarily put that next to a g chord because mm, yeah exactly for, the, for those of you who aren't up on your theory for those of you who are up on your theory please leave a comment telling me how wrong i am <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i thought that was a as as I make another guess, 
is a hard melody to sing because it doesn't come naturally to, for you to sing from that to that. Particularly singers, like you've got the sort of, you almost wanted to follow the same pattern as the first time around. As I took another, yeah. You almost wanted to go down, but you yeah. have to push it up. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, yes, exactly. It's a forced vocal melody, the entire song, especially as you're changing keys. Like when you're going, uh, the first chorus is so high for me. Love, save me. I cannot, like, it's really hard to do that. I guess lower, but... Well, you know I am a fan of you using your, like, upper range and everything, like, and you do do it well. Thanks. Thank you. It's, but it's hard. It's hard to do, you know? Um, and then for the, uh, the only other section that I thought was fairly... In- I was trying, basically, to just not do the th- chord changes I normally do, so it resulted in a song that I'm not crazy about but does use new techniques. So I guess that's kind of the point of the challenge in some ways. Um, it's not to have the most beautiful song in the world, but just a song that you can further explore your writing tools. So one of the parts I was like trying to use some different chords in was the bridge part, or the middle eight, um, where I go... As I try to try, go through trying times, which is uh, C to C7, to sort of like D7, well, not sort of D7, A, D7 there. But it's the same shape shifted up, essentially. Mm, and then I've got this sort of A minor shape here. I do like that. That's which I used favorite. earlier, too. Yeah, it's a favourite one of mine to use, because it's just quite nice to... Because you can quite quickly get from A minor to A major to C uh, to F to G, like, different variations of that quite quickly. Definitely. For uh, those who can't see what he is currently doing, it is A, skip a string, um, and then five on the ones below, so. I'm actually playing the D string there as well, though. Oh, right. So getting that seventh in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. But yeah, it's a fun one to jam around in that shape. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I got that sort of shape, and then later on I got this other shape here. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Kind of a complete accident, it's just removing the previous shape up um, a few semitones. Um, so you have this, this shape that's like, this, this progression that goes... Which is just so odd, you know? And it, again, it's another one that the melodies kind of have to be crowbarred in. It, the melody doesn't really come naturally to that. Um, so, how does that go again, it goes? And from time to time When I run my lines Realising only one can save me now Which is like top of my range Because that's kind of like an A diminished there Wait, Because you've got the C, you've got the G, you've got E flat And then you've got B flat, which is kind of the odd one out, but... That's almost a diminished seven. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's a very odd one, um, but it's almost like to get back into the flow of things. I thought I may as well chuck myself on the deep end, you know, write a song with some weird crap in it. It's kind of like a signal, like sections over, moving back on. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the choral construction of the song. Um, I don't know if much of that made any sense. I hope it did. Well, uh, you'll be able to find that out when you're editing this one thing i did quite like is that section when you've got like a g shape and you're just moving it up the fretboard yeah um it's kind of a basic shape really i mean it's just well it's kind of nicely done it's just kind of triadic playing with the g g major open chord shape on, on the guitar um yeah, it's something it's not the kind of thing i normally do it's kind of a bit well it feels very like um 
sort of architect for a band kind of situation there like uh, yeah. if you were going to record this uh, i can imagine that being like that moment in clover where suddenly you get all the instruments coming in that is kind of the idea i had yeah so like uh if you've had everything nice and restrained up to that point you have like the wild rock out ending mm, definitely it'd be cool if it was like, like save and then it just went to just one guitar and it kicks in here And it just went on like that, you know, crazy Ow. guitar solos and Robin Fink. My <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Declan just paddled his thighs with his hands. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's pretty cool. I do quite like that one. Um, the song I ask every single week. The words. What do they mean? <laughs> the lyrics. What on? Um, they mean... It, it, indeed. <laughs> here's what they mean. Um, they mean, as I make another guess, um, that means uh, whilst I uh, generate another speculative answer... <laughs> yes, I, I write my songs using um, thesauruses. <laughs> All my songs I'll start out as other synonyms of the lines I come up with. Without her. Missing the female counterpart. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, basically, I thought you might ask me this because you asked about the lyrics. It doesn't mean a hell of a lot. I wanted to write a song that's about. A good a- that's a good enough answer. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's about love in a broad sense, being a redeeming thing, being a helpful thing in life in general. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But yeah, that's that's my song. Love saved me. It, it's a song. I'm not that proud of it. You might get the impression, but it's it's a song, and I managed to write it in a week. Well, there's a lot of interesting parts in there, and a lot of uh, like you know, the whole fact that you've got the same sections repeating in different keys, and like the fact that sort of again, it's not like a regimented verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's more like a sort of structure, because uh, structureless kind of like a journey from one end to the other. Mm. Which I was interested how this one would turn out, because earlier in the week you were saying, like, oh, I haven't got anything, I've got bits and pieces. Mm, yeah. At which point I said, just do a Bohemian Rhapsody and stitch them all together. So yeah. I was kind of interested how this one was going to come out. Definitely. But, but I quite like that, that's really cool. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I suppose my, my closing comment on it, just to respond to that, is it was very much written start to finish. Like, I'll often do that, but this one particularly was like, by the time you've gotten to the second chorus, that intro of, like, the Spanish type of chords, they're gone. Like, they're long gone. So it was definitely written as a stream of consciousness, the lyrics especially. Like, the lyrics were definitely, like, changing perspective, changing character. The chorus stays the same. The chorus is really the only uh, constant thing. But, um, yeah, I'm glad you like it. Thank you. Um, and now I want to hear you sing your song to me. Oh, dear. Okay, so this is my song that was done in a week, and it's called Running at the Back of the Crowd. Actually, one sec. Sorry, my keys are really going in the oh, way. Oh, you're right. Oh, they're digging into my thighs as well. One sec. <coughs> Let me get it out of the way. Cool.
chances and then got the power for my life It's easy to say yeah It's hardly done To head along a different track Hope there'll be no turning back Jesus, I was wondering how I sang some of those lines. <laughs> it's quite packed in syllable-wise, isn't it? Can I just say, um, I really like this song, and for a reason which is quite rare for me, in that, you know, usually you and I, we watch people's left hand when they're playing guitar, and yeah. we watch what the chords they're playing on piano. With this one, I was just kind of like listening to the song, and I wasn't aware of what key it was in, I wasn't thinking about the chord changes. It's just a very good song. And it's not often that I don't analyse the shit out of things, so I think that makes it a really so cool So essentially song. what you're saying is I turn your brain off. <laughs> In the best possible way. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, no, I really, really like it. It's uh, great. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I actually came up with this one quite early this week. Um, basically, I had, I think, the whole day off on Wednesday. Uh, we write from... 
Monday to Sunday, essentially. So on Wednesday, I basically had all the music of this together, and then it was just an, an idea for the vocal line. So it was just putting words to it, essentially. So what this is kind of based around is if you take your open C shape, move that up to F, so that's starting on the... that's between the 5th and the 8th frets. Uh, it's kind of based mainly around the A and the G string, so it's moving the G string up a semitone each time. Move that, that down to the D string, 8th uh, fret, to get the sort of... Sus4. Mm. But instead of resolving that, just go to... Love it. <laughs> I love that. What is that? It's basically just um, C7 sus4. So what I'm playing is uh, 8 E string, 8 D string, uh, 10 uh, G string. That moves down to 9. And then 11... Uh, B string. Mm -hmm. And so as you're playing C7 sus4, that acts as the 5 for the song, is that correct? Pretty much, yeah. Well, 5, 7, sus4. Um, I, I, that's the moment I knew I really liked the song, is when you get, went up there and you did that. Um, it's very sort of in the vein of, like, musical music. You know, like, from a musical. Yes. It's it's like musical music, <laughs> not like that unmusical music. <laughs> no, but that that's quite nice because you know I quite like uh, trying to write songs that are like that. Pause is basically that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's basically had that shape because that's quite fun, particularly when you play that on electric guitar and you sort of just have a sort of soft gain on it. Uh -huh. Like uh, it works surprisingly well. Uh, it doesn't sound too cloudy, at least not to me. So the vocal melody just follows that pattern. I noticed like a few sections of the song, not to jump ahead, but they, they rely on that semitonal It's yeah, cool. It's, the whole song's got that sort of like shape in it, which is nice. It's uh, nice, but it's also just because I, you know, it's easier right. than trying to like put something to counter it. Because as we know, I'm not the greatest singer in the world. I do not have the greatest range. In fact, that F is normally a little beyond my range. Right. So that's why whenever you get you can sort of hear it's like there's not a lot uh, more room you can go up on that for me. But it just basically repeats that. And then the pre-chorus bits is, there's not really a lot in this song, but it takes a lot to explain it. It's just sure. G minor, G sharp diminished. Very nice. Yep. Um, D minor, A7. Yeah. Just in a sequence. Uh-huh. Uh, which uh, I want to try harder. I hope I can. It's just basically. It's great. So, it's like bark, you know. But well, thank you. Uh, but that originally went a little bit different because it sort of goes up each time the vocal melody. But um, originally it went down. So it's like I want to try harder. Mm -hmm. Which you end up being, which was kind of tricky because you ended up using all fifteen notes of my range <laughs> um, to go from the very bottom up to the very top again. Right, because it's basically the same phrase but like just shifted up to the top. Yeah, so it jumps an octave. 
Oh, so it's the same thing, but an octave up, is it? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. But it just doesn't really flow nicely. No, I, I can see why you would do it, but yeah, it definitely flows better the way you've done it. Yeah, and then the end of each verse is just a B, uh, B flat, B flat minor, C. There's another bit of semitonal movement in this as well. And then E, F flat, E, f e with a diminished fifth, and an F. Right. So there's a, a semitonal movement in the first one is D down to C. Mm -hmm. uh, which you get by changing the major to a minor. And then the other one is just E flat, E, F. Does that bring you up to the root? Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's really cool. It's, um, I think it's great because, like I say, I didn't really pay attention to, like, the chords themselves because I was in the, in the song as a whole when I was listening to it and watching you perform it. But it's, it's, uh, oh, what am I trying to say? You'd think it has more, because it's quite one, four, five in certain parts. Do you know what I mean? But it's done smart. Like, the way you've got kind of like C7 sus4 rather than just a C major open chord, you know, that sort of thing. Essentially using suspensions to make myself look clever. Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the verse bits. And then the only other bit is really the um, chorus, which is semitonal movement in both directions. All right. Which I only just realised two seconds ago. But uh, it's... You'll move, the bass of each bit is... This is the... Uh, Stay in bed till a quarter to two, That bit. Mm -hmm. uh, each time it's moving A to C. Mm -hmm. But... Each time it does that, the bass moves down from F to D. So. Oh, cool. God, that's good. That's really cool. Bit of a stretch when you get to the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you get to E flat and you've got to put the C on top. That's great. That's the section when I when I was listening. I was like, that's such a cool thing to do in a song, you know. And like, now I understand what it is. It's um. But it's uh, it's Great. not intentional. It's just literally. What do I have for a chorus? Okay, that's in a different kind of vocal register. Then just to round each one off, B minor to A minor, and then A major to D minor. Mm -hmm. It's sort of reminiscent of the pre-chorus, but it's not quite. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, well, I'll just end it like a seventies song for the um, end of each chorus, so it ends up being flat. Which is E flat major, F sharp major, F. Right. So B flat, E flat major, F sharp, F. Just because that's kind of nice and out of key, so it signals this section's over. Yeah, yeah, Back yeah. To the root. That's all the component parts there are to the music in the song. It's not got an awful lot in it, but uh, like I quite like the fact that. Um, on the second verse, instead of just going around the whole thing again, you sort of get the pre-chorus twice. Yeah. You know what I mean by it being, like, so, sort of classical, right? That part. Like, the way you play it like that, although it's not played like that in the song itself, it is, the notes it uses is very sort of like a classical guitar piece or something, which is really cool. Thank you. To have that in a pop song is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, it just sort of, it's stuff that falls under the fingers very easily. So it's sort of cliche, like you do, it does alternate between one and five a lot. But then I was trying to put other things in, which is why you've got that. 
diminished chord in there. Mm. Diminished Matt! <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, that's all I can say about that. Mm-hmm. How about the lyrics? Yeah, the lyrics. Uh, they, they took quite a long time to get. I didn't get them until, I think, Saturday. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Because uh, it's trying to find a sentence to kick off the song that also fits in a... It's mm. kind of a weird one to try and jam words into. Mm, yeah. Um, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's that Machu Picchu coffee. Exactly, yeah. Uh, rub off square 61 to smell that one, folks. Or don't, you know. I don't it's... know how we would have pre-recorded the smell... So that people could already have their smelling cards of that smell that just happened. Oh, we just follow the script that we write each week for the... I mean, um... Uh... Oh, d- 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 <laughs> technical difficulties, folks. No scripts here. Yeah, but the first line was just the trickiest, but it's... Uh, All I ever wanted was a little more than getting by. Once I had that, like... Um, uh-huh. Because you just started off All I Ever Wanted, so, like, the rest of the song follows us. Okay, okay what do you want? Right. It's just more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, but a few of these um, lines come from things that have been said to me or that I've said to other people. Like, for example, I need to get out more, so I've been told. Right. It was literally something I was like obsessing about um, music to someone I worked with uh, earlier in the week and it just said, dude, you need to get out of the house more. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, oh, okay, I'll put that in. I need to get out more. <laughs> Um, or like, uh, well, to paraphrase a friend in the evening, I'm my own boss. Is that me? Yes. Yay! Because uh, you've got that uh, song Daiquiri, which is the first line is, who's the boss lady in the evening when the working day is through? It's you. You are. And exactly, that's awesome. Yeah. I, when I heard that, I was like, I hope that's yeah. about me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Because I sort of had that line from Dakar in my head. It's like, I can't just steal that. And I just thought, <laughs> right. okay, just put these words. To paraphrase a friend. <laughs> Did you find that, like, getting the syllable rhythms for those verse melodies and lyrics was easier once you had a few? Once you get a groove for it? or? Um, well, it's kind of yes and no. Because you saw, what I ended up having quite a lot was having the end of a, end of a line. Mm-hmm. So like, da, 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 swallow up my time. Right, right, right. So and it's like filling in. It's kind of a nice rhyme, even though it's a bit cheap. But you know, you're trying to get to a set place that will logically lead to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is why a lot of my lyrics aren't that great. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than that, it's just about wanting more time and wanting to make the best use of that time. I think something you do really well in this song is describe that feeling of wanting a day off and, oh, what I would do with that time. Well, what I kind of like is that it sort of happened a little bit by accident, but um, the first time through, you get the chorus to stay in bed till a quarter to two, sound in the coming, there's nothing to do. Uh, it's kind of, like, aspirational. Right. And then when I wrote the last verse, I was like, oh, shit, I basically contradicted the message of my verse. What am I going to do? Oh, okay, I'll just put a massive knot in the front of it. Knots! Staying in bed till a quarter to two. Which I noticed that, and I thought that was cool. It's uh, It does contradict, but I, I love it in a song when it's not just, like, one message or one one thing in it, but it actually, like, it deals with that thing of being a human being and, like, actually, maybe this isn't such a good thing for me. Well, <laughs> I think that's cool in a song, you know? Well, the thing that always sticks in my head is... um. 
I think it was on the Days of Our Lives documentary for Queen. Oh, I talk about them all the time because I'm obsessed. But Brian May was saying something about, oh, we like to change the choruses slightly because the chorus is like the centre of a journey of a song. And if the chorus never changes, maybe the journey hasn't actually gone that far. Which oh, is that's, kind of... a, that's a mouthful. Yeah. yeah, it's words to that effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of like that idea, which is why I like changing my choruses a little bit, even if it's like just sticking in a different rhyming couplet in one predetermined place. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I love it in a well-written song when a when the chorus does change or alter slightly throughout, you know, uh, especially if it's a storytelling song and the, the chorus has a different... What's really cool is when people have like the same chorus lyrics, but because of what has been in the verses, the chorus has a different meaning every time. I think this is the closest I've got to that, but I did have yeah. to stick a massive knot in the front <laughs> of it. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. It's basically, yeah, that's all it is. Like, wanting time, using time, and feeling like you're not doing as well as you could, but wanting to do better. Well, that's why it's called running at the back of the crowd. Was it, was it originally going to be called My Wasted Time? Yes. I only say that because it's at the top of the lyrics sheet here. I literally changed it on the way down when I was driving down here. Oh, cool, cool. But originally it was going to be Wasted Time, but then I remembered that's a song on Hotel California. Oh, right. It's the last song on side one. Right. And then it's the beginning of side two, Wasted Time Reprise. So I called it My Wasted Time, but that's very weak as a title, I feel. Like it's not really... It feels a bit self-centred, if that makes sense. Right. Like, uh, oh, woe is me and my struggles and everything, whereas running at the back of the crowd is a more interesting title, I think. It's a bit more... It, it's a bit stronger. It has its own identity. Yeah, exactly. And also, it's a more universal title. Like, a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. But I guess a lot of people could relate to My Wasted Time. They say that that which is personal is universal. So if you write a song that seems solipsistic or whatever or very centred on you and your experience, as long as it's honest, then a lot of people will be able to relate to it. Yeah. I'm not really keen on songs that have, like, me, my personal... Or at least songs that I write mm. that have personal things in the title. Or personal pronouns, I should say. Mm. You must hate I, me, mine. <laughs> uh, someone else wrote that, so that's fine. <laughs> All right, okay. Oh, so it's your stuff, okay. Yeah. Because um, it always sends a message that sort of subconsciously to me sends a message like, oh, okay, this is going to be soul-searching and deep, and it often ends up just being about, I don't know, watching Captain Scarlet, or like, right. uh, <laughs> you know, being on the bus into work or something and not really all that deep at all, so... Is that something you actively avoid, then, You not using personal pronouns in your song titles? Yeah, it doesn't come up very much, but, like, I, it's situations like this where I just... It lingers in my head, and it's just like, that's a rubbish title. Mm. You know, is there anything stronger I can call it? I think a great example of a song that focuses on your experiences but doesn't have I in the title is Did You See This When We Met? Because the song is personal and all that stuff, but it's it's a, quite a universal title. The song's about Amelie. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I told you this. Oh, you did tell me that. I don't know. It's been a lot of episodes ago. <laughs> but but did, don't you like... I can't, I did know that, but don't you like project your own experience onto that character in the song no it's literally just Emily <laughs> I, I, I need to try doing that more often yeah like separating myself tell you what I'd like to from do from the the subject of the song you know what, what I'd like to do is do like a TV and film like 
album or EP or something. I've already got three songs that are sort of done that way because you've got Redmond Barry, which is about Barry Lyndon. Yeah. Uh, Did you see this when we met, which is about uh, Amelie. Right. And then Footprint in the Dust, which are kind of cribbed from Doctor Who a little bit. Yeah. Uh, as well as, um, sorry, Can't Stop. Uh, what is it? Sorry, oh, Mustache. Can't, can't Wait Now, whatever it yeah. was. Which is kind of inspired by the Fifth Doctor's line. Um, yeah, so... And also... Um, that one I did a couple of seasons back about Captain Scarlet, the intro sequence. Damn, you've done a lot of these. I think it's really cool. I think it's, it's, it's a cool <laughs> way to do it. Nothing to do with this week's song, but it's just something I'd love to do. It's just do like a TV and film, a pop culture album. I think it would be a cool idea. It would it would suit what you do quite well. Do you, do you find that when you write not about you, but about a subject, or like a you're referencing the you know, a TV show or whatever, do you find that you find it easier to write like that? Or... Um, this is great podcast material. <laughs> uh, yes and no. Because, I don't know, easier to write the words, but it's harder to find them, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's something I kind of think about quite often. It's like, where do the best lyrics start? that I can come up with come from? Or do they come from, like, my own personal stuff? Or actually, could I write better if I focus on an external stimulus, stimulus, you know? Well, most of the songs that tend to do well for me in terms of, like, playing them live and, like, have a good feeling behind them tend to be ones that are written about what I'm feeling. Yeah. Like, there are one or two uh, written about external matters mm. which tend to be okay. But... By and large, I tend to find it gets a bit, I don't know, like a, a bit like try-hardy Bob Dylan, if that makes sense. Like, Because, um, you know, he's someone who can actually write about like external events and uh, uh, turn them into stories and make them interesting and everything. Not a lot of people have that gift. Yeah, it's like he's a good lyricist. I've never, like, counted myself in, in that. You know, like being a good lyricist. Yeah, that I think uh, you and I are both more focused on the music. Definitely, yeah. Like uh, the lyrics are almost always an afterthought for me. I agree. I, c- I completely feel the same. But it's it's a subject I've been thinking about quite a lot recently. Of like, what makes a good set of lyrics, and how can I? Because like, especially when we first started the podcast, like for people who've been listening like since the beginning, or even from the earlier ones, I. I try to focus on like how I'm feeling in, in a set of lyrics, just because just as a good place to start, you know, not for any particular reason. But I'll often use a lot of metaphors and stuff. So recently, I've been trying to think of ways to lessen the metaphors and like express myself more to make a better emotional lyric or something. But I don't know. Well, it's uh, just trying to find new variations of saying familiar concepts. Hmm. Like. Uh... And you can either do that by going more raw and more direct, which, you know, I think I mentioned him a couple of times before, James Vecalotti from Death of Anna writes very personal lyrics, but they're kind of not like most other people's lyrics at all. Right. But they still have this universal quality, like you were saying, that which is personal is universal. Or you can do like the other way, like, for example, uh, the song I'm Not In Love, 10cc, is like deliberately written to try and be a love song that doesn't say I love you. Right. Which is like filling up with metaphors and everything. I keep your picture on the wall... But don't take it back because it's covering a hole in everything. Like, right. You know, I'm not o- just to say I'm not over you yet, which mm. is a more creative way of doing it. So you, 
go to either extreme. Just don't stay in the middle. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's 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 you want your lyrics to be interesting. You can be in the middle every now and then, but just like make sure you try different approaches every now and then. Totally, totally. It is always an afterthought, like not an afterthought, but it's a secondary thought when compared to actually the chords and the structure of a song. But it is an interesting thing nonetheless. Because I I don't because every now and then we've come in like saying like oh I did this with the lyrics i was trying to do this i was trying to play this game see if i could do this yeah but that's always after my first line like i'll right like for example i'll write uh i don't know uh something that's got internal rhymes and think hey if i can i do this all throughout the page or like mm. i'll write something that references a tv show and i was like can i get in more references to this it's like yeah yeah so these challenges only come along once i know where i'm going once you've got some foundation. Yeah. I, I get that. Like, with mine, this week, um, I started the whole song with As She Mounts Another Test without him. So it's, like, talking about her. You know, yeah. she loves you, that sort of thing. Um, that's that's a songwriting thing I like. You know, that story of when they were trying to write new and original ways of writing. Lennon and McCartney I'm talking about. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know this already. I'm just saying for listeners' benefit. And... They wrote, she loves you. Not I love you, not, you know, do you love me? But she loves you, like, as a narrator telling the story. So I tried yeah. to write a song like that, but I quickly lost that motivation. Well, it's kind of interesting to sort of put yourself outside of a personal bubble. Like Another good example of uh, a song that does this, Another One Bites the Dust, mm. which is kind of that and Spread Your Rings, both written by uh, John Deacon from Queen. Like, it's right. just a... It's Queen again, I'm so sorry. But... Um, <laughs> like to try and get away from the I feel this, I feel that, you feel the same way kind of thing. Mm. To be like, Steve walks early down the street, the broom pulled way down low, ain't no sound but the sound of his feet. Like, it's someone actually telling a story. Yeah. Like, the all-knowing eye provides more context. Yeah, definitely. And you can also actually be more abstract with that because you can swap perspectives. You can... You, because you have a bird's-eye view of a situation. Well, you want to get more abstract, just talk about any of Zappa's lyrics. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Because um, there is a, there are a couple of like uh, personal or like um, first person songs like Cosmic Debris and everything, mm. which is a recounted conversation. But then you also have things uh, like uh, Nanook rubs the yellow snow and things like that. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a weirdo. <laughs> but then I think to him he is probably the best example of somebody whose lyrics were completely an afterthought. Like he once said, like. For some reason, people have an affinity for hearing the human voice on records. And he said records sell a lot better when they have a human voice on them, um, which is kind of obvious. Of course they do, um, because we are humans and everything. But yeah, I think lyrics to him were just like... In fact, I think he said, if I have to write a lyric about something, it may as well at least have been something I experienced. So that's where you get songs like um, Dynamo Hum. You know that one? Yes, I do. And... Um, <laughs> And, you know, uh, Mud Shark and stuff like that. <laughs> so you get kind of a lot of his, um, you know, personal experiences. Um, but anyway. That's a whole new layer to that record. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, the Weekly Song Podcast lyric portion of the show. <laughs> probably the most in-depth we've ever gone about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I think it's interesting. I've just been thinking about it a lot recently. Um, well, if we get it all next week, yeah. just go back to... <laughs> I love you. <laughs> that was 
was a cool turnaround. Oh, it's just one of my favourite things when you're playing in F is that you can suddenly have a lot of fun with. Totally. Like that's just moving the bass around, but you've got free reign to do that as opposed to when you're in A. It's, you can still do it, but it's a bit more restrictive. It's mm. a lot more moving around when you're in other keys. It's just pain in the ass. Yeah, definitely. So that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. If you like what you've heard, why not leave us a comment down below? Uh, why not also leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you are there? Um, or a hearty, lovey symbol if you're on SoundCloud? Or just some general token of appreciation if you are finding this anywhere else on the web? Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, either to submit a song that you may have written in a week or may want to show and be discussed and everything, or you just want to comment about something, uh, just head to weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send your emails and things there. Where can they find you, Roger? They can find me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. All of those, just type in Roger Heathers and you'll find me. As well as Bandcamp, where you can find all his music. That's right, and um, that Bandcamp is, is found at rogerheathers.com. I also now have a Patreon. For anyone who likes just what I do generally, um, I have a Patreon now. It's oh. patreon.com slash rogerheathers. If what you're what kind of rewards can you get if you uh, patronise yourself? Uh, so, uh, for... I think it's $1 a month, which is, you know, it's nothing. Um, it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing, man. Um, you get, oh, what do you get for $1? You get uh, credited on all the albums I put out. You get early access to all the albums, the singles that I release. And then for $5, you get, um, I think it's like a, a handmade CD of everything I release, plus, um, plus the credits, plus it's, it's, you get a bunch there, of bonus stuff. There's more and more bonuses as you donate more and more. Uh, and it's actually quite a good time to be doing it because you'll have um, your acoustic project Grim coming out in the coming months at some point, uh, as well as just generally uh, one of your other projects, P Greenboat, is putting out a couple of singles at the moment. So That's right. Uh, who have had reviews in national magazines and they're really quite good. So Richard first, uh, Nixon versus Kennedy is the first one, and then what was the second one? The Wisdom of Bertram Topsy. The Worldly Wisdom of Bertram Topsy. Yes. yes, which are both very good, and you should check those out. Now. Yeah, definitely check out. P- I don't know. I don't really plug P. I don't give P. Green Boat a lot of, enough of love, a lot of love on the podcast. So everyone, check out P. Green Boat if the, uh, if you fancy. The motto for that band is. Uh, if less is more, think how much more more will be. <laughs> uh, there's also an interview with um, Roger and Joe, uh, who is the other half of Pea Green Boat, somewhere down in the list of tracks. So go through our history, you'll find it. It'll be easily uh, easily findable. Uh, yeah, and you can find me on SoundCloud. I'm in the following description on the side there. That's about the only place you can find me. Uh, I will be trying to get some more demos up as the weeks go on though rather than just releasing them at the end of all the weekly songs I'll be writing uh-huh. are you going to demo weekly? I'm going to try to time isn't on my side but if I get the time I'll try to I think I'm going to try and do that too um, yeah I'm going to give it a go even just like really basic acoustic demos I think we'll probably do the job I'll just give you a message after Roger can I just have the performance? <laughs> <laughs> can't be asked to do it this week <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah quick thing as well um this is the longest rap I've ever <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a pretty short episode, I think, once we cut down everything. Um, yeah, we actually have um, a little bit of a backlog of uh, emails that have come in. 
Um, this week we're just kind of like getting back on our feet, finding our groove again. But um, from next week we're going to be playing um, a few of the songs that you've sent in um, for us to listen to. Um, Declan did mention this, but if you are listening to this and you're thinking, hey, I've got a song that I'd like them to play and then talk about, then uh, the, so- the email is weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, like I say, we'll be playing some songs next week. Well, a song per week I think we're going to do. I think a song per week, yeah. yeah. Keep, we'll keep it, keep it nice and moderate. Woot woot. Cool. So uh, we shall see you next week with two brand new songs then. Ta-ra. Thanks for listening. Ta-ra.